0: CBS News at the top of every hour and the most local talk in the
1: Mid-South.
0: This is KWAM Memphis.
1: This program was previously recorded. The
0: following program is a paid presentation. The views and or opinions expressed do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of KWAM. Jim Shoemaker, Tommy Armstrong, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services Inc. Securities Dealer, Member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis.
1: You move your mind, I bet you come from way down south Now don't tell me, let me guess, you're from the town that I love best Talk Memphis, I wish you would Talk Memphis, you sound so good Talk Memphis, high on the bluff I swear I can't get it
0: Welcome to Talk Money, and now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Oh, welcome to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this program is about everything financial. We're committed to helping you make the most of your money. Today's program, well, here's what we're going to be talking about. More volatility in the market. Does it bother you to see two to 300-point movements, whether they're up or down? Well, Scott Jordan, a frequent guest of Talk Money, will give us instruction and help us understand the importance of a good investment strategy. He'll also give us some insight into how to construct a solid portfolio for the stresses of today's world. He's he's going to kind of walk us through, teach us, make sure that we understand. He'll help us to answer the question of how does an investment strategy help me achieve my overall financial goal. That's Scott Jordan coming up in the first half of the program. In the second half, Tommy Armstrong will share the actual steps for building a financial strategy. You know, you think about it, it's kind of easy to put that in perspective, but here's what we're going to be talking about. He'll help us make decisions as to how to buy a house, saving for college, or just balancing the checkbook. It's important to plan for our needs of now, that's today, or for those of the future. I know it can be tough when you have so much going on as your day-to-day life, but today we're going to find out how to start developing your own personal financial strategy. From our Did You Know files, according to the Society of Actuaries and Risk, here's what we found out. A survey of adults 45 years and older, only 32% older than 45 have a professional financial advisor. Well, we're going to find out why that's important for us to look at that statistic and put some perspective of why you don't choose to work with a financial advisor. Here's something from the Social Security Administration. 48% of women and 42% of men begin to take their taking their monthly social security retirement benefits at age 62. And that's the earliest age possible. We understand that, but that's probably one of the some of the reasons why we think a financial advisor may be helpful. Just 4% of women and 2% of men delay their taking of their social security retirement to age 70 or later, which is the maximum and that's when you get the most money for it. Well, coming up next, you got Scott Jordan. Why should you have an investment strategy, and how do you construct that particular portfolio? Well, I'm Jim Shoemaker. You're listening to KWAM 990, FM 107.9. This is Talk Money.
1: Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes Store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and
0: is not intended to be a forecast of future events or guarantee future results. This information should not be relied upon as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. And
1: now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, you know, I grew up wanting to have that great radio voice, and uh, it seems like today that the Typical weather scenario. I've got a better voice. I'm about two octaves lower. It seems like, so uh, and if I uh, end up struggling just to talk, uh, you know, that's part of the process. So um, just pay attention. We've got some great guests today, and I think you're going to find the program to be very, very instructive. It's going to really give us some uh, teaching moments here because they're going to drive drive us to help us understand. Number one, investment strategy, and how do you go about doing that portfolio construction? Of course, that's Scott Jordan, and then Tommy Armstrong is really going to help us think about, too, the whole idea of a financial strategy. Why is it important? Well, that's today's program. Let me welcome to, first of off, Scott Jordan, welcome to the program, sir.
3: Good to be here, Jim. You
2: know, Scott, we talk about this a lot, that the idea behind, you know, somebody putting together a plan, and as we we discovered earlier, that a lot of people don't actually have a financial advisor. 32% of, of the adults older than 45 have a financial advisor. That says that uh, over 60-some-odd percent. do not. Now, in your opinion, why is that?
3: I think some of it is procrastination. Um, There's also kind of a lot out there that kind of tells people they can do it on their own. And some people can, but I I think that has a lot to do with it. And I think this is, you know, planning for There's a lot of emotions involved. And I think people tend to put that off until there's a a strong need.
2: I think you hit the key word there, the the emotions that are involved, because it's a trust factor. You do have to dive in with somebody to trust. So let's talk about this investments, portfolio construction. It's an important part of anybody's financial picture is anybody that when they put think about it whether it's their 401k plan their ira their 403b that that personal retirement or it's the savings plan they're working on bottom line is it is something that they're trying to do so help me what we do what do you start with when you when you're sitting down with somebody
3: Well, I think, you know, it's important. Designing the right portfolio has to begin with, uh, you know, what we do is have a conversation with people. We're trying to figure out what's important to them. What are their deeply held values? What, you know, we're going to help them define their goals, their dreams, their aspirations and what they're trying to accomplish. And at at that point, we're going to help them get organized to kind of see where are they now in, in relation to where they're trying to go. And only then do we really start to sit down and develop a, an investment strategy or portfolio strategy that's going to give them a high probability of hitting those goals. So
2: when you talk about this, I mean, I think so many people think that it just, it's already preconceived. Yeah, you know, if I'm going to go see an advisor or I'm going to you know pick up the phone and call Swab or somebody, any whatever, you know, it's already preconceived. Here I am, this is it, and it's a done deal, and I don't have to. And there are emotions involved, and there is a strategy. What about the idea behind – The the idea of risk, and you think through that, and, and, and just the goal setting. How do you work with someone to help them understand that part of the problem is just mitigating risk?
3: Absolutely, um you know an important part of developing the portfolio, everybody has a temperament because we're dealing with uncertainties here. We're dealing with probabilities and uncertainties, That's true. and everybody kind of has a temperament for how they deal with that. so we want to sit down and we we do use things like questionnaires and and conversations to try to figure out what what is somebody's tolerance for that uncertainty or that risk uh, what is also their capacity to handle that volatility or uncertainty and risk.
2: Do you find that people struggle in in being uh, transparent when it comes down to clearly defining? When I say transparent, they're not. It's not that I'm saying they're not willing to to be open, but they just don't clearly know what they're trying to accomplish, and so therefore they don't know. They're just working. They're just. I mean, working. it's just a day and day nasty now and now, and you're just out there busting it, and you're doing everything you can. I'll plan. Someday, I am doing my four hundred one k. I'm trying to save a little money for college, but I just I don't have time to sit down with someone, or I don't know someone to sit down with, and I just really don't know what's driving me.
3: You know, when we sit down with people and start working with people, if they haven't been working with an advisor or not a lot of thoughts been given around their strategy, they they tend to have a random collection of good deals or or the the best and in, hot investment from last sure. year or their friend they play golf with has recommended something to them. So they have this random collection without a real strategy built around what they're trying to accomplish. And that can be dangerous, especially during volatile market times or in good market times, because that's when we see people make the most mistakes.
2: I heard I had someone to come into the office, and I think you're talking about what I think is so critical. I think what I would want listening audience to understand about any type of strategy when it comes to building a good portfolio, you got to, of course, manage risk, and that is to understand risk. Correct. You said whether it's a questionnaire, whether it's just open-ended questions, where we're really trying to discover what is their risk tolerance. Right. We call it that sleep factor. Right. If it wakes you up at 2 o'clock in the morning, you probably don't need to be doing it and we ask a lot of questions what keeps you up at night but then as they develop their goals i really find and let me ask you this i find that it's extremely important to hold someone i hate the word accountable but to hold them to their long range objectives because it is so easy to the first little volatility like what I was talking about earlier.
3: Uh-oh, I got to get out of here. Exactly. And that's that's the importance of planning ahead of time and knowing that those times are going to come and knowing what your strategy is. You know, we you know, we sit down and we're going to design a portfolio after we know their risk tolerance, we're going to try to coach them around that and help them. We want to make sure their investments remain investments because that's how you get those long-term rates of return that help you hit those goals. I
2: think you're so—that's a valid point. Uh, investments remain investments, and you don't get caught up in moving. We we apply the philosophy of. You know, it's not a passive philosophy. It's very active. But the reality is, is trying to keep someone looking not at the day-to-day short term, but looking at the long-range objectives of what they're trying to accomplish. And at the same time, making sure that we're paying attention to that on a regular, you know, reviewing it with the, you know, the client all the time. So that when you're building a portfolio, I think you're trying to, I mean, it's important that we know that risk is there, know what you're trying to accomplish, Understand all that, know your goals, know the risk. But then stay it stay focused. Stay focused on, stay what you're focused
3: doing. on the long term goals, and always remember you're not under any pressure to pick the perfect investment for the next six months or make next year's killing because you picked the right category that's coming along. This is a portfolio designed to reach your long term goals, and it's so important to stay focused on that so you don't get caught up in the day to day noise. I think
2: you I think you made a great point. It's nothing. I mean, I don't have any problem someone playing the market. I mean, that's we, I've done that. Uh, and I think it's okay. I mean, if somebody said, well, I'm trying to make this big home run hit this year, nothing wrong with that. But I don't know if I would want someone to managing my money that I'm going to retire on over a exactly. 20, 30-year period, trying to hit that home run every day it's, it's every
3: o- month. It's okay to take a portion of money Absolutely. that you can afford to lose and try to try to make some more money and off you that, gonna, but and that, you way, don't want to compromise your future or your lifestyle. That makes great
2: conversation for the next time you're at a party. <laughs> hey, does. look what I did. Look what I did.
3: And you <laughs> but, only hear about the good ones, right? <laughs> exactly.
2: Exactly. If you just tuned in, my guest, Scott Jordan, we're talking about investment strategy and portfolio construction, something that we take for granted that every... Everybody understands that it's a it's a process. It just doesn't happen because, okay, here it is. It's just everybody gets the same black car. Mr. Ford said if you like the Ford, you like the color, as long as it's black, it's okay. It's, that's good. not yeah. how we do yeah. right. portfolio construction. What What about, Scott, what about the idea behind inflation? Because that's the topic we see in the media today. Inflation's coming. Uh, There are signs that inflation is moving up. How do we manage a portfolio with inflation?
3: Well, I think, you know, bringing up inflation is important. That's one of the factors that we always consider in any strategy, and it's one of the most important reasons why you have to invest in risk assets at all, right? I mean, if I could put my money in a CD, never have to experience any volatility and hit my goals, that'd be okay, But in an inflationary economy, most people have to participate in the market in order to maintain their lifestyle in the future because things are going to cost more in the future. We
2: talk about that because we show people and, you know, looking at their portfolio today, a dollar buys X number of goods and services, a hundred dollars buys X number of goods and services. In 20 years, that hundred dollars is not the same. I, I listened to somebody the other day. They were talking about a five cent Coke. Actually, it's 60 years ago. It cost five cents to buy Coke. That same Coke today is $1.55, and uh, just at the normal rate of inflation. uh, You know, you think about that. I mean, you have to manage inflation, and you have to be sensitive to it. Don't just push it away. We don't have inflation problems today, but we've had those in the 80s. We We had some major inflation problems. So don't let something that's kind of underneath the surface today not don't take it for granted that it's always going to be under, under what kind of inflation rate do you do when you're planning what, what kind of do you use i mean we
3: have typically used the long-term rate of around three percent now we haven't seen three percent lately We've is that been in because kind of you're of a,
2: trying to just put the worst scenario out there
3: not necessarily the worst but we are trying to stress test the portfolio and the and the strategy right we don't want to assume 1% inflation or a percent and a half, like we've seen some of lately for the next 30 years, and then we experience 3 to 4%, well, that can blow a plan up.
2: When you talk about uh, investments and the whole idea, uh, you mentioned managing risk. And I think people don't always understand the risk that we're taking in a portfolio. They just take it for granted that if the Dow's up, if the market went up, then my whole portfolio went up. Uh, If the market goes down, the Dow goes down. They listen only to that particular scenario. And a portfolio is constructed completely different than that. Exactly. Help me understand what are the risks that a person really is taking.
3: Well, there's, there's, a lots of, there's a lot of different kind of risks that we have to consider. Market risk, as you mentioned, is one. We're going to see volatility in the market. The market's always been volatile. That's why you kind of get that rate of return that the market gives you. Uh, interest rate risk is another important one to consider. We're starting to see that as more of a concern these days. We've started to see interest rates. Go from all-time lows are starting to tick back up toward not not toward a normal range yet, but we have seen some increase in those, and that that can affect the not only the equity side but also the fixed income side of a portfolio because you know as bond prices tend to move inversely with those interest rates. So that's another risk to consider. Uh, you also have to consider the risk of not achieving your goals. You know, it it you know that goes back to the scenario I gave, where I could put all my money in a CD. Well, if that works for you, great. But if you're trying to accomplish X, Y, Z, you may need to earn a certain rate of return in order to hit that now, goal. Let me ask so that's you another this.
2: risk. That's a big. That's a big thought. I hadn't thought about that. But you're saying the risk of not. So how do you manage that? Do you? I know what we do. We try to help someone get a picture. Uh, right. We just had someone recently in the office that was in the process of making a major financial decision. Right uh and we were trying to work with them, and i so you're saying every time you make a decision financially what does that affect your how does that affect your goals? how does does
3: that how does that affect your strategy you know we use a lot of software and tools to kind of take somebody's situation and travel through time with it if you will making some certain assumptions and and so you can look and see that hey i'm gonna have to earn a little bit on this money in order to hit my goals so how can we design a strategy that gives me a high probability of doing that? And that's kind of what we're doing. And okay. Tommy's going to dive a little deeper into that when he gets into the financial strategy and and design in the second half of the program.
2: All right. Well, we'll get into that in a second. But uh, let me. Any other risks that you want to bring to our attention that well, we need to consider? We, well, we talked
3: about inflation, uh, credit risk. You know, that's kind of on the fixed income side. You you have the the idea that the company that you've loaned money to by buying a bond goes out of business or goes bankrupt or the, uh, the pension you're depending on from a company, they no longer able to make good on that promise. That's That can be a serious risk to consider. And then things like liquidity risk, uh, currency risk. If you're doing international investing, there's the, the risk that currencies start to move in different directions that can affect your uh,
2: what about, what about the – I know a lot of people talked – remember last year this time we were talking about the Trump effect. Yes. Um, let me just – we used to say all the time, you know – Make sure that you don't let your investment portfolio follow some type of political. Right. You know, just keep your keep keep the politics out of your investment portfolio. Is politics a risk?
3: I, I think all you have to do is has been paying attention to the markets over the past couple of weeks and and see that political risk can be a concern in the short term, short especially, term. and maybe even in the long term if if. You know some of them are good like the tax changes that was a, that was a good political move but that could go the other way that the tax laws can change to become more unfavorable in the future and you have to kind of be flexible and be ready to change your strategy around some of those political moves.
2: Well, I want to talk in a second about the whole idea behind how do we go through it, you know, asset allocation, just how we put that together. But, Tommy, let me dive in with you just a second, because when we think about putting together a strategy, Tommy Armstrong is with the firm. He's in charge, actually, of the investment – for excuse me, the financial planning – he, he actually runs our compliance department and does investment strategy portfolio construction. I got that right, didn't I? Uh,
4: not really. Not really. It's <laughs> <laughs> close really, enough. It's well, close enough. Good,
2: good, good, good old. What can I say, guys? I'm just glad to be here but this you've morning. you've got a great radio voice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right, Tommy. Tommy Armstrong, let me ask you this, Tommy, from a standpoint of, of how do we, when you think about all the risks that Scott just laid out to us, the need for a strategy is critical and knowing what I'm trying to get done. So how does the financial strategic thinking help a client through these processes? What is your take on that? Well,
4: following, following Scott's intro, we, we at the planning desk start off by listening to what the client's story is, where they are and where they want to go. And then once, once we have a, feel for what they're feeling and where they want to go, then we can start putting the individual strategies together in a comprehensive manner to, to give the client some behavioral guardrails to help them achieve their goals. One of the biggest risks to a plan is, is behavioral in that a client may do nothing or the client may do the wrong thing or the client may make a bad
2: decision. Uh, even with a good plan and pro- with a good strategy in front of them. You know, we've talked about that a lot on the program is managing investment behavior and managing strategic behavior. And this is a, I agree that, you know, you said this, Scott, earlier, that some people can do this on their own. But when I look at a statistic that literally says to me 32% of adults older than 45 have a professional advisor that's saying 68% do not I mean, this is from the Society of Risk Actuaries Risk and Pro- Process of Retirement. This is the whole the whole process. A thousand adults were interviewed, ages forty-five and older. This is that behavior problem that and we're talking is. about. And you said procrastination and, and Tommy, you're saying that it's part of the overall plan that they need to think about it. Well,
4: <clears throat> when you when you hear some of the research and the headlines that that, that has been out there anecdotally they're telling us that every, every baby boomer, the, the, the folks that are between 50 and 80, are concerned about their retirement. But then when you look at that, that pool of individuals that are actually working with an advisor, they're not wealthier. They're just less worried about their retirement because the plan says they are either going to achieve their retirement or they know what they need to do if they can then discipline their own behavior to get there.
2: Well, wow, That's a great point. Well, when we come back, I want to find out a little bit more about how do you go through this idea, you know, Scott, of putting a plan together. Um, we've got something coming up in the office that I want everybody to attend. I, I wish I could just reach and grab most everybody in the community, but this is safety in the community. What do women need to know? This is going to be presented to at the office by the crime prevention uh, team of Shelby County Sheriff's Office. That's Tuesday, March the 27th, 530 to 630. It's located at Shoemaker Financial, 2176 West Street, Suite 100. So let Latrice McClendon know, 901. 757-5757 if you can come. That's uh, on March the 27th, 530 to 630. Safety and community. What women need to know. We'll be back. This is
0: Talk Money.
1: Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
0: Shoemaker Financial and Security and Financial Services do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation.
1: And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, again, safety and community, what do women need to know? It's presented by the Crime Prevention Team at Shelby County Sheriff's Office. That's Tuesday, March the 27th, 530 to 630. Location is Shoemaker Financial, 2176 West Street, Suite 100, Germantown, Tennessee, 38138. Call Latrice McClendon, 901-757-5757, and let her know that you would like a seat for this particular. I mean, it's very important. What Do Women Need to Know About Safety? It's put on by the Shelby County Sheriff's Department. It's in our office. It's just about our community and things that we can do to help you. I'm Jim Shoemaker. We're talking with Scott Jordan and Tommy Armstrong. Both of these guys are certified financial planners. They have long histories of working in this industry, and I'm glad to have them with us today on the program because we're trying to help you understand the idea behind an investment strategy, thinking through what you're trying to accomplish and not getting caught up in the market volatility, how to construct a portfolio. And Tommy's going to walk us through six or seven basic steps about what we really need to do if you're going to put together a long-range plan. It just doesn't happen, folks. This is not, you can say, well, I'm going to get to it. We can procrastinate, as Scott said earlier, but if you're going to try to have a goal that you're going to accomplish, I've always said it to everybody when I talk to them. I said, you know, you've been accustomed to watching a 60-inch Flat screen TV. You do not want to go back to that 14-inch black and white. That's just (laughs) not what you want to do. So what do you do? You plan on having that 60-inch... Black a flat screen TV when you retire and to keep it running for you. So bottom line is, folks, it takes a plan. It takes an idea behind having a strategy. It takes a thought process, setting up your goals and then setting up and understanding all the volatility and risk. But, Scott, one of the biggest issues that people have is how do you construct it? So I really want you to drive it in home for us. Teach us what you're saying when you mean portfolio construction And investment management, is these these are just time-tested principles. Talk to us.
3: Yeah, so we, we develop them around asset allocation, diversification, and then, of course, we rebalance the portfolio. And we begin with asset allocation, which on a very high level, that's how much do you want to invest by owning or stocks and equities, which are usually on the higher risk spectrum, and then how much you want to invest by loaning. We're on the bond or fixed income side, which tends to be a little less volatile. So, again, based on their time horizon, risk tolerance, the goals they've lined out, we're going to try to develop, you know, how much are we going to have in equities? How much are we going to have in fixed income? That's uh, that high level asset allocation. That's asset allocation, asset
2: allocation. stocks, yep. bonds, and then some cash. Cash, I guess, cash yeah. so, or so, other. So, really, various. that's the first phase. And yep. people think that for granted. Well, I got to have some of both, but then you got to know how much is what you're talking about. Exactly. How much of any one particular exactly. category? Right. And what's the second step?
3: Diversification. Now that's just looking at different categories inside of that high level asset allocation. You know, when we're in stocks, how much are we going to have in domestic versus international? Are we spreading our money across a lot of different companies in different sectors and different size companies, whether they're small cap companies or the more name brand larger, large cap companies? So diversification is, you know, nobody knows for certain what lies ahead. We try to look at economies and make certain assumptions, but we don't know for certain. So it's about spreading those assets across a lot of different areas to make sure that we capitalize on that different on the different opportunities out there.
2: I guess we need to tell all our listening audience that no diversified plan, no single plan, no perfect plan, is as, as we call the word, no such thing as perfect, works all the time. I it, mean, you can have everything all the time. set up just exactly the way you want it, and the market can do some gyrations. The market's alive and well, and it can move the way it wants to.
3: And I think it's important to note that diversification and asset allocation doesn't necessarily offer the greatest potential return. Uh, you know, and it doesn't guarantee a return at all, for that matter. But it it's a time-tested principle of, hey, don't put all your eggs in one basket. Let's spread this around. We don't know what the future holds, so we're going to invest our money in a wise manner.
2: You know, you, you say that, and I think it's critical because here's what I want us to make sure that our listeners understand. You say it's it's not it's not perfect. It's not going to always give you the highest return. Correct. You're not trying to hit a home run every time you get up to exactly. the plate. You're trying to win the game. Exactly. And The long game. The long game. You know, the season. Yep. And everybody needs to understand that you don't just have something that happens in one inning define what's going to happen at the end of the Uh, season.
3: Absolutely. So I, I
2: think that is so critical for our listening audience to understand. We approach everything that this is a season. We are striving to win the pennant. The pennant is that our client has an opportunity to live a comfortable life at their point of retirement or pay for that college education or buy that first home or second home, balance that check. But whatever it is we're doing, we're working towards a goal, and that's critical with any investment portfolio that you design. I know one of the things, and I want to just ask you quickly, managing behavior, emotions. Talk about that for just a second.
3: Well, to quote Peter Lynch, you know, Peter Lynch said, whatever method you use to pick stocks or mutual funds or other investments, your ultimate success is going to depend on your ability to ignore the worries of the world or the day-to-day noise and allow your investments to succeed. So really, it's your behavior after you put the investment strategy in force that's going to determine your success or failure.
2: And that is so, so critical. I mean, I can't stress that. If you're listening, my um, guest, Scott Jordan, He that's just powerful. He quotes Peter Lynch. Whatever method you use to pick stocks or mutual funds, your ultimate success or failure, would it depend on your ability to ignore the worries of the world? I mean, it is so—and by the way, the world, the media, is going to drive you as much as you possibly can. And he's saying—and I think we all say that—just a step away from that— and I think because of our experience and we've been doing this a long time, we understand those problems. And what we're trying to do is help the novice who is in that, you know, in that portfolio made for the first time to understand that we just can't get caught up. Exactly. Well, you know, I guess uh, you've helped me understand some specific things. Now I want to turn to this other CFP, Certified Financial Planner, and uh, our Chief Compliance Officer at the office, Tommy Armstrong, who is in who works with the guys in the department that does nothing but put the plans together. I said it does nothing but put the plans, but it's the, it's the <laughs> backbone of everything we do. <laughs> Uh, that was kind of a a little bit of a slip, but you understand what I'm saying. Yes, you know, yes, you yes, guys, you right. guys are always working hard, doing a great job. And I think Tommy, what I, what we were looking at for today, and I know sometimes we, we we bring in so many outside guests, and I just really felt like today, because we're in that movement and that volatility, and it just everybody seems to say, okay, just, you know, this is going to happen. Well, how do you help somebody get past that? And I hate to be self-serving. I don't like to do that radio program around some self-serving, but this is really, I'm talking to everybody listening. When you think the market's going to do something funny, I wanted Scott to say, okay, don't worry about it. If you've got a good plan, you can dive in and make it through it. But when you think about it long term, if you really do have a solid, well-structured financial strategy. The reality is it doesn't seem to bother you. We've got clients that have come to us that have said, hey, I am so comfortable because I know what we're doing. And I'm not going to get caught up with what was on CNN or MSNBC or Fox or whomever. It just doesn't make any difference. I know our plan, our strategy is really Our goal, let's put it that way, is long-term, and I'm in it for the long season. I'm in it for that purpose. Tommy Armstrong, when we come back, I want you to give me some financial steps, the really basic fundamental steps of a good strategy. And I want everybody to listen to that. Now, pay attention. We're talking about basic long-term Financial strategies that will help you accomplish what you're trying to do. Keep out of watching that. You'd love that 60-inch flat screen. You don't ever want to go back to watching that 14-inch black and white. You're listening to Jim Shoemaker and, of course, my guest, Tommy Armstrong. Scott Jordan, this is Talk Money.
1: If you have questions you'd like to have answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this.
5: The Peabody Hotel is a landmark virtually synonymous with the South. Like so much of Memphis' life in the 1960s, the hotel's beginnings were surrounded by the joys and sorrows life brings. Saddened by the news of his good friend George Peabody's death, the hotel's builder, Colonel Robert Brinkley, named his new building after his friend. Brinkley later gave the hotel to his daughter as a wedding gift. Though the hotel remained in the hands of the Brinkley-Snowden family for decades, it was forced to close and reopen before settling on its present location on Union Avenue in 1925. Since that time, the Peabody has been an important center of culture not only for Memphis in the Mid-South, but for the whole United States. During the 30s and 40s, the hotel hosted one of just three live national radio broadcasts, while the Skyway and Plantation Roof were an attraction for the great big band dancers. But the hotel's greatest and most enduring feature will always be the Duck March. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial.
0: This information should not be relied upon by the listener as research or investment advice regarding any funds or stocks in particular, nor should it be construed as a recommendation to purchase or sell a security. Past performance is no guarantee of future results, and investments will fluctuate and, when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested.
1: And now, back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker.
2: Well, let me remind you one more time, secure security, is a safety, and community, what do women need to know? Presented by the Crime Prevention Team at Shelby County Sheriff's Department. Latrice McLean is hosting that at our office on Tuesday, March the 27th, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. That's March the 27th, 5.30 to 6.30 p.m. That's at Shoemaker Financial, 2176 West Street. Give Latrice a call It's 757-5757. Tell her you'd like to reserve your seat. It's free. doesn't cost you a dime. It's about what women need to know about safety. And the community, so you don't want to miss that, Tommy Armstrong. Now, you are the guy that if I'm doing a plan, you're going to help me put together this overall strategic strategy, this whole idea behind what a client has said to us. What would you say then to the to me, the advisor? You to you know, yourself, what you're doing with the team, and then to the client. What are the steps that the certified financial planning board they they say, here's what you should have with any good, solid financial strategy? Well, the the CFP
4: board does prescribe our professional standards and the first step in the planning process itself of developing a strategy of where you are and where you want to go, the uh, the planner is going to sit down with the client and get get a relationship established, and define the goals that, that the client has for the story of their life.
2: You know, when you say that, I mean, again, Scott, you and I talked about that. That's the same thing in an investment. I mean, you're, you're just talking about... So initially, it's that, it's that ability, you use the word relationship... That's so difficult sometimes to make sure that you are working on that relationship. Most of our clients are brought to us by another satisfied client. Uh, That's the referral that we consistently, we built a business over 40 years doing that. The reality is relationships, having the ability to understand a person's chemistry. And understand what a person's really trying to identify with that long-range process, that thought. Where are they headed? What are they trying to accomplish? I, I so so much see that is so critical, Tommy. As you mentioned that, so you're expecting us as the advisor to really do that and to 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 share with you as the person who's really putting that plan together, that strategy together, helping me put it together for the client. Is making sure that I have established that relationship and understand the objectives.
4: Well, as a as a plan writer on behalf of the advisors and our clients, uh, there's a phrase that we th- that I use on my planning desk. I'm really trying to get inside the head of the client. I want to see through their eyes. I want to feel what's waking them up at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, that is then translating itself into a goal and the advisor, the advisor's role in investing uh, themselves in their client is to really get down to what the client feels and where they want to go.
2: It's never going to be about the plan. It's always about the results. It's always trying to help the person from a strategic standpoint to understand it's about what they want. The plan is not cookie-cuttered. It's not standard. It is—you guys do a phenomenal job. Uh, we've been doing planning for a long time, strategically thinking about it overall. It's been our philosophy. When I say a long time, forty years. So we've kind of been around this business a long time, knowing what to do from that standpoint. So it's not something that we just started day before yesterday. What's a, what's another thing? I mean, I know I know relationships critical, but what would you want from us? Well, once.
4: Once that relationship has been established uh, and certain goals have been identified, then we would begin the work process of gathering data. And the gathering data is an overwhelming, is an overwhelming phase. Life is messy. Uh, gathering up 401k statements so that we can identify asset allocations or propose new uh, allocations. It, this is an advice relationship that we just established uh but the second one data gathering and a and a good advisor with a good relationship is going to uh pinpoint what is the most important data and make sure they get that and then identify maybe the less important data that we need to help round out the analysis that needs to occur after the data gathering
2: you know one of the issues that i think you're you're right the relationship and data gathering that's tough data gathering can be really difficult I wonder, wanted, you know, back to my statistic that 32% of the people age 45 and older have a financial planner, 68% do not a financial advice. They get someone to give them a financial advice. Now, I'm wondering if there's not that part right there, the data gathering, it's intimidating. And they think it costs. Now, we are fee-based, so we do set out and help a person work through that process from a financial planning for a fee. But I know we are more about trying to help the client I don't think one of our advisors is going to sit down and say, well, let me see what we're going to do, and I'm turning the clock on now. Our advisors are very dedicated to helping gather the data and then seeing, okay, do we have a plan? Is there something we can do here? So I'm not saying that I want anybody to think, well, I'm saying, hey, come in and see us. It's free. That's not what we're saying. But we're not here clicking the clock on, and, you know, you have that. Sometimes you feel so pressured that I can't even talk to the guy because it's costing me money. We're not like that. We're going to charge a plan fee, but the reality is it's about the communication. It's about getting the data. We may say to the client, hey, at this particular point, this is all you need. You know, it's about having good bedside manner and keeping the client's interest at heart at all times. We are fiduciaries, so therefore we have to focus on staying, you know, very much involved with what the client's trying to get across. What's another thought? After you gather data, you got the relationship going, what's another thought?
4: Well once we have the data that we think we need to uh, allow us to to identify the the relationship and the goals then then we exercise our professional skills and uh, top level software to analyze the data. We we go in on a deep dive of what has been provided to us to again where are we where do we want to go what what might be some potential roadblocks that need to be identified long before we start dealing with any proposed solution? So it's data analysis. Step one is about the relationship and then step three we, we go behind the curtain and we crunch some numbers so that we can come back and talk in relationship terms of what we think we see.
2: You know, you guys do a great job with that because that is a very difficult. But, but I always say data, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So you have to have good data, and that's the advisor working with the client. Then you guys do the analysis and look at that. Tommy, do you find that sometimes people get caught up in that data analysis and instead of looking at what are what are the solutions? Because I know one of the steps is developing solutions. But do they get caught up in the weeds and therefore don't really accomplish the strategy that they're trying to do? Is that do you see that, or is that something that I'm just thinking that happens?
4: Oh, absolutely. We depending on a depending on a client's uh, priorities and learning style, uh, and uh, for example, an engineer client. Is going to get down into the details as bad as any. Well, they really
2: get a bad number, don't they? Yeah. Engineers get thrown on the bus all the time. Well,
4: no, no, but it, but it, but engineers once they under a good engineer once they understand what the data is telling them and what the what the circuit board is is wired correctly to do, then a good engineer is going to execute and make something happen. So they're they're a challenging client, but they're a fantastic client. Uh, but they, you know, we any any client is susceptible susceptible to getting into the weeds big dose of perfectionism in our business you know we we get we try to get that last piece of data perfect instead of remembering what the relationship was that identified the goal that the data analysis is trying to serve. The data is the servant of the
2: relationship. That's a great point. That's a great point. Tommy, I mean, you're also a CPA, so you're guilty of getting into that analysis and do that that deep dive. Guilty is guilty charged,
4: and, and a big <laughs> dose of perfectionist on top of it. <laughs>
2: that's true. But I appreciate that because I don't want to go in and sit down with a client and have something that's just kind of half-baked. We're very, very blessed at the firm to have people that are dedicated and extremely good at doing an analysis Putting together the solutions, and that's kind of the next step. When we come back, I want to talk about when you say talk about we've got solutions that we've done, analysis, gathering the you know, the data gathering, establishing the relationship, but then you gotta to put together the implementation. And that can be where it really bogs down. I'm Jimmy Shoemaker. You're listening to of course Scott Jordan is my guest, Tommy Armstrong. We're talking about steps to a financial strategy to accomplish your long term gold. This is Talk Money.
1: Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Host, Jim Shoemaker. Hey welcome back. This is the
2: last segment of Talk Money. I appreciate you being a part of the program. I want to remind you again, safety and the community. What do women need to know? It's presented by the Crime Prevention Team at Shelby County Sheriff's Office. It's Thursday, Tuesday, March the 27th, 530 to 630. Call Latrice McLean. She is the host to reserve your seat. It's at Shoemaker Financial in Germantown, 2176 West Street, 757 5757. My guests, Tommy Armstrong and Scott Jordan. We're down and about to close this thing out, guys, but it's a, so critical. We've talked about investment strategies. We're talking about putting together that portfolio, constructing it, understanding that diversification is not always the you know going to save you, but it does help you. And he talks about just implementing and then not getting your emotions and managing your behavior. And Tommy's given us to establish a relationship with a client, make sure we understand and identify what the person is trying to accomplish. This is what a good, certified, and financial planner does. These two guys are certified financial planners. They do an excellent job in our office. Tommy talked about data gathering, You're getting out there and finding out really as much about what you've got. Now, this is the hard facts. The first fact is identifying the goals. The hard facts, of course, get the data, do some plan analysis and put all that together. Tommy and his team does a great job there developing solutions. And now we're down to all of a sudden we've got, we've got solutions. We've said, okay, here's the problem. Here's the solution. But this is the hard part. Implement the strategies.
4: Uh, <clears throat> once we have gotten the relationship, done the analysis, we, we put some solutions on the table. But then is where the advisor and the planning department have to make it count. It's time to communicate
2: and execute solutions. And that can be difficult. I mean, that is the part that, I mean, you come back, guys, and you do such a good job, Tommy. When you work with me, I, I mean, I won't have just one particular strategy You'll end up giving me four or five. You'll see this is an issue. This is an issue. Now it doesn't mean that we go in there and say, "Okay, we got to stamp every one of these and get them off the table." That's not what we try to do. It's choosing with your help, with the client's help, with Scott's help. With I mean, it was a team that says which ones of these do we need to say become the most important. The client ultimately decides that.
4: Well, that's what that is. What is so empowering about working strategically to get to get these these plans in place Uh, a, a client can come in and they've identified what's most important to them and if the results of our plan gives them one action that they can address what's most important to them then suddenly they they feel empowered enough to then dig in to the overwhelming section
2: I think you're, you're using that word, Scott, and I think he says it so well. The empowerment.
3: Empowerment. Because yeah.
2: what we're really doing here is trying to say, okay, I've got an ob- objective. We've been able to start with that relationship. We've dug into the data. We've gone through the whole idea with working to do the plan analysis. And now we're into getting it done and the empowerment that Tommy's talking about. Scott, from your chair, what do you see? Is that a, How critical
3: is that? I think it's absolutely critical and I think going through the the strategy development or planning process can help give somebody the motivation to do it cuz we're we're answering those tough questions, you know, what what rate of return do I need to be earning? How much do I need to be saving? How long am I going to have to work? And I think most critical is if I don't do anything different than I'm doing today, am I going to hit my goals or I'm going to have to reduce my lifestyle in the future? And I think sometimes seeing that Gives that client the motivation to take those action steps that they need to be taken. You know, like Tommy said, we don't have to do them all at once. We we start and work through those.
2: So many people think that a financial plan is uh, geared to one subject, right? But you're really not. You just covered there's so many parts to a good plan. Now I have to admit, we all admit that some people are using the term financial strategy or the term financial plan, something like that. That that kind of does it because a financial plan does not mean that a person's going to be successful it just says a strategy here's something that if you work with someone and you're moving through that process you've got a better chance of succeeding because you know what you're trying to accomplish step number six from the certified financial planning board tell me what is it it's monitoring
4: the strategy it's looking at what has been recommended in the advice relationship it's looking at the client's behavior toward their own plan and reporting on what has gone on with the strategy. The advice relationship is not meant to be a one-shot deal and then you
2: don't talk again for the next five years. You know, I had a chance yesterday, well, last week, to spend some time with a client. that has been a client for 36 years. And the reality was we were we are implementing what that 30-year-old sat down with me years ago and we begin to put together well thanks guys i appreciate it you've been listening to Scott Jordan and Tommy Armstrong we've been talking about steps for a financial strategy how to put it together and then how do you go about setting up your investment portfolio all these things are just fundamentals we understand it's not for everybody but if you've got inter- you know you're interested in what we were talking about today give us a call at 757 5757 You know, thanks for listening. We appreciate so much your participation. We appreciate your phone calls. Don't hesitate to call us at any time. I'm Jim Shoemaker. You've been listening to a great program. We hope that you enjoyed it. This is Talk Money.
0: Jim Shoemaker, Tommy Armstrong, and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. Guest and content coordination Francis Fortner Production assistant Eleanor Moskowitz. Compliance officer Tommy Armstrong Mid-South History Moment Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson We'll see you next week on Talk Money
3: news at the top of every hour.